Hi, and welcome to another episode of Careering, where we talk to leading females about what makes them tick, both in business and in life. I'm so happy you're here today. We get to discuss all things innovation with Natalie Bourne, who's the VP of Innovation at Territory Global. Let's jump right in. Welcome, Natalie. Thank you so much for being on. Absolutely. Hi, Lori, and hello to all your listeners. Well, I'm so excited to have you here. You and I have known each other a number of years now. We started working together at a mutual uh, client at the time, but since then, you've moved on, and you're now the Vice President of Innovation at Territory Global. So tell me a little bit about what um, you do in that position and what led you to start at Territory Global. Absolutely. So I am basically heading up our innovation practice, and it's so much fun to help organizations think about how to transform or innovate or think outside the box from the way that they do business today. And so a lot of what we focus on is strategy, transformation, storytelling, innovation, and and really that's the lifeblood of our organization is just helping organizations grow and scale. And we're passionate about helping them think outside the box about how they approach innovation and how they approach their customers and really how they build everything. Yes. I mean, I think that's so cool. And one of the things that I was most excited about having you on as a guest is really talking about females and especially women who are starting their own business, how they can bring that innovation to, you know, the beginning or middle even of building their businesses and careers. So I cannot wait to talk to you about that. But I also want to talk about your podcast. You also um, are a host of a podcast called the Innovation Meets Leadership Podcast. And one really fun thing we're doing, um, and I'm doing this for the first time, I don't know about you, but we're hosting like a dual podcast today, which is so cool. Yeah. yeah, so listeners, after this, after you hear Natalie on careering, head over to the Innovation Meets Leadership podcast, and you can hear Natalie interview me on her podcast as well. Tell me a bit about your podcast. Yeah, so, you know, it's funny. When I started this podcast, I was really <laughs> – do you ever have those, like, pizza dreams where you're just up late at night and you're, like, you know, you're thinking about something? And, and one of the things I was thinking about is how I found in my career and, you know, in all the major companies I've worked in, where people struggled was on the leadership side and the innovation side. And when yep. these two things lack or they lag – people find it really hard to be successful in an organization or even as an entrepreneur starting your own business because you're constantly having to think about how to think outside the box. And so when I created Innovation Meets Leadership, it was this idea of what could happen if we really brought these two ideas to the forefront and talk about some of the elephants in the room around leadership and why it's hard and where people struggle and where our blind spots are. And then also innovation, being able to think beyond what we know today or even being able to think Mm -hmm. beyond what our competitors are doing and get ourselves to the next, the next hump or that next journey or that next level. Right. So um, merging those two together, that's kind of why I started Innovation Meets Leadership, the, the podcast, this idea of collaboration, innovation and transformation. They're not just business terms, they're how work gets done. Yeah. Well, and I think it's I think it's fascinating. And, you know, I've listened to a couple of your podcasts. And I think it's so hard, I think, especially for like entrepreneurs and people at the beginning of their journey, to really get away from the execution of the day to day to where they can be innovative and strategic. Like that's almost the hardest part is like pulling yourself out of the survival of the day to day, to be able to kind of look forward and ahead. 
This is the hard. I think it's the hardest part when you've been heads down in an organization. I think it's the hardest part when you're an entrepreneur. You have to have that struggle between working in the business and working on the business. And yeah. you have to find a way to create these different spaces. And one of the things that I've found is very, very hard is um, – and I bet if all of your listeners think about their morning routine, they might right. find areas where they can improve. Because one <laughs> of the things I found that was, was hurting my innovation was getting up and immediately getting on Instagram or Facebook or the news. Um, it right. was actually creating fear and negativity <laughs> first thing in the morning. And so I've actually switched my whole agenda in the morning to where I don't look at that stuff until a couple hours into the day. And and they're little small things where you don't realize that this is draining you mentally and emotionally. Right. And if you can just tweak those little things, you're, you'll find that you have more vision for how to think outside the box and how to innovate. Well, I love that. And it is so funny because almost everything, you know, I read quite a bit about like how to get more productive or how to get more spirituality <laughs> into your life or how to start your day right. And I mean, you will find me most days in a hoodie at like 8 a.m. <laughs> sipping coffee, like numbly walking into things. And so I, I think I'm so all in on that idea, but it's so hard to get up and do it. <laughs> it's so hard. And let me tell you one of the ways that, that I did it. Uh, I, I, I made a big commitment, okay? So I took a room in our basement, and I turned it into, like, this really beautiful printer room. And so it's got okay. nice, plush seats. It's got a very pretty rug. It's got pillows all over the place, books and journals and pens, different color pens you can draw with. I put a chalkboard oh, awesome. in there. So I kind of, like, like pimped out this room where it just looks, you walk in and you're like, oh, my gosh, I just, I'm drawn. I want to be oh. in this room. And so – like that was one of the ways I said, okay, let me set aside a space where I can go, I can get away, I can feel um, free. There's candles in yeah. there. I bring my coffee down there. Oh my gosh, um, it sounds so, amazing. <laughs> I know you have to come check it out when COVID ends, right? Yes, uh, I will. <laughs> just based on this description. Yes, but like you know, it's funny because my husband's like, it's the nice. It's literally the nicest room in the house. And I took like <laughs> the summer and just like redid this room because I needed a place where I could come feel safe. And I feel that part of the reason people are not innovative or they don't create is because they're living in a state of fear or they're living yes. in a, a kind of this um, heightened state where it's really hard for them to think about anything but what's right in front of them. And so I wanted yeah. a place where I could go and just remove myself from my normal day-to-day -day and create this whole other element of just, oh, wow, I really like being in here. This is enabling me to think about, you know, more things than just what do I need to get done today. Yes, I love that idea. And, you know, it's so funny because as you were talking, I was thinking back to when I was first starting um, – really kind of down the career or down the path of careering. And I really was taking those mornings and like doing the journaling and the meditating. I remember there was one day, this was just like such a little snapshot of my life. I went up to our, our guest bedroom and I started to meditate and like my son came in and asked me a question. I was like, I'm busy, go away. And then my husband came in and needed to like, I don't know, find the car keys. And like it went down the line all the way till I kid you not, my dog like bust the door open with his head somehow. And I ended up literally with like a dresser in front of the door of the guest bedroom. Just like, give me 10 minutes, you guys, to just sort of like, you know, so it, it is yes. so hard. 
hard to find that time and space to actually take yourself out of like the day-to-day and, and just dream and innovate. I think it's really it hard is. for people to find the time. And it's especially hard as women because I feel you on that. When I wake up, um, I have two children that attach themselves to both hips, yes. and then I have a, yes. a, a very codependent labradoodle that's right underneath <laughs> my feet, you know, tripping right. me. So I, I, it's, it's very difficult. And so what I've started to do is I've, I've started to give them activities to do in the morning. Okay, mom's going into the prayer room. You can either come right. in and draw, but we can't have a conversation. You can come in and draw quietly. Yeah. Or... You know, you can go up to your room and I've, you know, last night I put out three activities that you guys could wake up and do in the morning. And so one of the cool things we started doing, um, obviously we can't afford to do this like every day, but like once a week um, we started finding like either a little game or a little toy. And when they wake up in the morning, especially on mornings where I, I just want that alone time. Uh, yeah. We put it in front of their door so when they open the door they find it. And, man, we don't, oh my we don't see them for like an hour. <laughs> that is brilliant. That is a brilliant and they love it. Okay, all of you moms yeah. and career moms out there, if you hear nothing else from this show, listen to this piece of advice. I mean, I remember we used to do that on planes for the kids, on long plane rides. We would, yeah. someone had recommended once, like, go get a bunch of stuff and wrap it up, like little things, wrap it up, mm-hmm. and every half hour that goes by, they can open a gift. But I never really thought of that for um, needing, like, an hour in the morning. That's brilliant. Well, you know what? COVID is like a never-ending plane ride, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's the best analogy I've heard yet of COVID. It truly is a never-ending plane ride. <laughs> well, and I think as we're all um, looking at schools, looking so much different in the fall oh, yeah. um, than what we're used to, you know, that was a great idea. Do you have any other tips or tricks? Because I know you are a lot like me. Like we both really appreciate and enjoy our careers and working. So what have you found to sort of help balance um, your love of your career and your love of your kids and your family? Yeah, you know what, Lori, this has been such a hard like year, especially for women. I think it's been a really hard year and we're, we already wore multiple hats and I I feel like this COVID took it to a whole nother exponential (laughs) level Uh, in terms of what we're having to deal with. And, you know, it's funny because, um, I have found that I have to be way more organized than I normally am. I'm not, I would not say I'm an organized person, but I've had mm-hmm. to become organized in this season. And so one of the things my husband and I do is we have a shared calendar. So, you know, we're, we're putting stuff on that calendar to understand what time are you leaving in the morning? What time are you going to get home? What calls right. do you have? What calls do I have? And every night we sit down and sync that calendar and I plan out activities. I plan out meals. I pack, this is going to sound really OCD, but I pack my children's <laughs> lunch, even when they're oh, we're yeah. all going to be at home. Right. Because I'm running between calls and okay, are you fed? Right. Do you have this? Do you have that? So some days I feel like my calendar is almost back to back. And I, those days that's when the mom guilt sets in because Right. I feel really, really bad that, you know, that's what my schedule looks like. So gratefully, my my mother lives in my, my neighborhood. So um, oh, there's nice. some days where I just say, hey, between 12 and 2, can you just come over? And then in the morning, I'll have activities for the kids. And then maybe in the afternoon, I'll put on a show for them. Um, 
Yeah. And, you know, you know, so I'm just trying to find ways to be creative and um, make sure that their, their needs are met. They have lunch. They're not running around the house starving, <laughs> right. but also <laughs> that I can get my work done and, and make sure that my clients, um, you know, receive my, my full attention as well. So I've had to call, call on help. I've had to be more yeah. organized and pack lunches have to be more communicative with my husband, which means I need you to work from home, you know, on Thursday, it's a really big day for me, or this right. is what I need on Friday, Friday, can you can you help me? Well, and I talk, I've actually started talking about this a lot with a lot of people. I think the other kind of silver lining of coronavirus is it's made everyone so much more human during the calls. Like I have had so many people say, uh, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry, I need to interrupt our call because my three-year-old is like banging at the door screaming for me. <laughs> or, or like, um, you know, I had uh, Alana Shabtai who was a guest. I'll be on a call with her and she's like, oh my gosh, look, here's my one-year-old. Look how cute he is. You know, and I get to see her one-year-old like <laughs> on the floor of her kitchen. I mean, I think it's just brought about this whole new human level that um, I personally just really love seeing in corporate America. I do too. And I think it's something that we probably needed to have, um, but we didn't have. And, and that respect for people's families, for their life, for the things that are going yeah. on outside of work, that's been fully merged. And, and now there's, there's, there's really no difference right now between our home life and our work life. They're all there really is together. <laughs> no, no different. I'm wearing the same sweatpants when I wake up that I'll be wearing at 5 p.m. Well, and I'll tell the little secret. You and I even had this discussion before this um, podcast. I, I texted Natalie and I said, is this an audio or a video podcast? Because I'm literally wearing like a trucker hat and workout clothes right now. So I need to determine how I need to look for the podcast. Because I think you're so right. There's just been such a blending of home and work life that it um probably in my account like a little too much blending into the home life maybe yeah. I need to like get a you know get a little <laughs> more presentable for some of the zoom calls but I personally <laughs> think it's actually been a really welcome change during the yeah. pandemic absolutely well getting back to innovation I love that you know I love that your main goal uh, with territory global is to help innovate so what are some ways you can tell our listeners if they're looking for or um, ways to innovate? Like what are some trends or themes that you've seen to be a common thread among both your clients and the guests on your podcast? Yeah, so I, I kind of want to take it from two points of view. So I want to talk about mm -hmm. maybe how leaders should be thinking about innovation. So if you lead a team okay. of people, and then I think we should talk about it from what happens if you're an individual contributor and you want to innovate. Um, I would love that. When I, yeah, so when I think about leaders, I think that, you know, one of the things that I'm finding as I'm, as I'm talking to companies is a lot of times they want to start with, well, what product should we produce? And I want to start with, is your team healthy? Because mm. if you can't get along, you're not ready to grow. And so for me, I always want to look at the health of the organization. Does your team collaborate well? Do they communicate well? Is there buy-in from leadership on the, you know, the direction that the organization is going? And how does yes. what you want to do or what you want to change fit into that? And then, you know, I'm always cognizant of 
how do people get their ideas through the organization? Because if only the yes. executive level is allowed to have their ideas funded, we're missing a whole group of people who are frontline and they're talking to customers every day and they're hearing customers' problems, which at the end of the day, those problems are actually innovations. I think that is so brilliant and something that's not thought about often enough. Like it's, it's, you're not just getting ideas from the executive level. If you're not reaching down to every single you know, um, level of your organization, like you said, you're missing a huge groundswell of ideas that could turn into your next big feature or product. Yes. And then I think on the individual side, it's, you know, one of the ways people always ask me, okay, I'm an individual contributor. I really want to go further in my career. I want to be recognized. I want to be known. How can I be innovative? And I think mm -hmm. the right answer is always with your customer. And so part of, um, part of what we use at Territory is called design thinking. So we put the customer at the center of everything we build. We use empathy <laughs> to think about the customer's day-to-day. -day. Where do they have the headaches? Where do they have the problems? Where are they frustrated? And as we put them at the center, what starts to happen is ideas start to come out of that. And so one of the ways when I was early in my product career, I would probably go see about 30% more customers than everybody else. And what that got me was 30% more products and ideas than everybody else because I constantly yeah. wanted to be with the customer. I wanted to see what they were doing, what was keeping them up at night, what were their concerns and pains. And to me, when you can solve that, that's innovation. That's, and I love that. And I think that also is true not just for individuals and organizations or leadership, but people that are maybe thinking about starting their first business. It's, I think starting with the pain point that you're trying to solve is so key. And, and keeping that center, because what I've seen a lot is people start with that, but then you get pulled into so many different directions in terms of marketing and promoting and selling it. Sometimes that gets lost along the way. I agree. One of my um, friends, his name is uh, Sangram Badre, he's, he, he's a co-founder of Terminus account-based mm -hmm. um, software here in Atlanta. He always says that communities form around problems, not products. And so a oh. lot of times we want to create a product and then we want people to form a community around it. And what we actually need to do is say, what's the problem that everybody is banging their head against the wall trying to solve? And then we create a community around that, and as a natural output of that is a product. And so I think even when you're um, starting a business, so much of the vein of what you want to start is already in the hearts and minds of the people you want to start it for, and you have to be in front of them, you have to be talking to them, and you have to be extracting out that pain because the pain yes. is, is what they will buy. You solve that And that's so – it's brilliant, and it's – but it's so simple, right? So it it's so yes. easy to get lost, but it's such a simple concept, truly. It's so simple. Yeah, and that's and that's what that's what I love about true innovation is it's approachable for anyone. And so one of the things I tell people all the time is is especially when people say, Well, I'm afraid to step out or I'm afraid to fail or I'm afraid to try is I'm always telling them that your fear of not creating has to be greater than the fear of failing. And so a lot of times yeah. we're more afraid of failing than not creating. And I think in organizations and as individuals, we have to be more afraid of not creating than of failing at creating. And so yes. I think it's, you know, we're so afraid of that, well, what if I fail? And so we don't try. And, and it's unfortunate. And then I will say this, women 
have this issue to a greater degree. It's funny. I was um, I was on Sheryl Sandberg's Lean In uh, Instagram the other day, and she posted yeah. this, and I just it annoyed me so bad because I've seen it myself. Um, she said men apply for jobs when they are sixty percent ready. Women yes. wait until we meet hundred percent of the criteria. I saw that as well, and it's it is shocking to me. It's true. You know, it's funny. I was leaving a role several years ago, and I called five women and five men, and I, I said to the men, hey, I have this role. I'm leaving. My boss is asking me for some re- a replacement. Would you be interested? And yeah. five out of the five men were like, throw my hat in the ring. I'm in. And when right. I called the women, I had to negotiate with them. They were like, well, I don't know if I'm ready. I'm like, I don't. And I'm like, you oh, are absolutely ready. I can tell you you're ready. Well, maybe I need two more years of experience before I do a role like that. And so I think as women, we're, we're constantly bargaining and negotiating with ourselves and, and allowing ourselves to fall more into that fear bucket than men do. And so I think yes. it's so important for us to push ourselves to that next level by saying, you know what, the fear of looking back and wishing I had tried has to be greater than not trying at all. I love that so much. And I think the other thing that I've been like reading about lately, and I love kind of reframing almost failure as um, I was reading a book about reframing it as prototyping. So like if you Mm. jump in and you just give a little bit, you're sort of prototyping to see if that's something you want to move forward with. And if it doesn't work, instead of thinking of it as a failure, it's just not a path. You've decided that's not a path you want to go down. And it's now time to prototype a different. So it's like giving a little bit to see if it's the path you want to go down. And I think just reframing it in those means is just such a strong sort of way to look at that. Okay, so I don't steal. I get inspired. So you just inspired me. (laughs) Oh, that's inspirational. I love that. Isn't that great? I'm going to start using that. I love it. Yeah, I think it's so great, (laughs) just prototyping your way forward. And I think, I mean, you are a prime example of this. You started your podcast in January, and then coronavirus hit. So I know we've been talking the entire podcast kind of about, you know, uh, tips and tricks and ways that you keep yourself motivated. But is there anything else that you'd like to speak to around like innovation during a time of crisis, maybe? Or like, how do we use hardship and crisis to sort of keep us going during times like this? Yeah, you know, it's funny. I think the first thing that we have to do as humans is recognize that we are in crisis. And, and that can be hard sometimes because um, I've, I've really hated on LinkedIn to see the things that say, you know, if you don't come out of this with a side hustle, you just waste oh, your time. You well, and some of us, that is so frustrating. <laughs> Right. Some of us are, you know, in a crisis because we're dealing with the kids and we're still trying to work and we're still trying to, you know, put food on the table. And I think that one of the most important things for us to realize is to acknowledge that we're in a crisis and and to not ignore that truth, because I think that it creates more um, energy for us to pretend it doesn't exist than just to acknowledge the elephant in the room. And then I think right. for, for what I've found too is for me what's been helpful is to figure out when am I most productive and to schedule everything I need to do around that time because mm-hmm. because we're all in our homes and we're all wearing multiple hats. We're kind of running all – like at least I feel like that all day. I'm running through my house trying to make sure everybody's okay. Is everyone fed? Am I on the right conference line right now for the call? You right. Know? And so <laughs> – so, you know, as we're running through our day to just slow down and say, okay, I'm going to try to schedule 
things in a block where I know I'm most productive. And then I also need to acknowledge the times when I'm not going to be most productive and I need to put low energy, low attention items in those hours um, and really put, you know, the most of my energy on the, on the places where I can be most productive. And I think just, just starting there, I think we need to be, give ourselves grace in this season. Yeah. I think we need to, you know, start small. When I started my podcast in the whole COVID season, I had the plan of like, I'll just start small and I'm not going to, you know, try to, um, you know, take over the world, but I just want to, I just want to add value to one person at a time. And if I only ever get 50 people that listen to this, then I just want to add value to those 50 people. So I think we, we need to give ourselves grace. We need to start small. If we have an idea, don't get overwhelmed by how big that idea is or or how big that project is. Just start with small pieces and just do what you can every day to be faithful and intentional with what you have in front of you. Well, I don't think I could say it better myself. <laughs> That's a perfect way to end. Is there anything that you'd like to share that we didn't cover? Or um, I, I think you've given us some great things to think about today. Yeah, I mean, I would just say that, you know, this season is a really weird season for all of us. So I think we need to, to stay in a productive state of mind, you know, I encourage us to remove that negativity in the morning to push news and push some of these other things to a couple hours after your day has started so that you can move out of a fight or flight state of mind when you first wake up. And that's going to help you move into a a mindset where you can create and where you can transform what's right in front of you. Well, I just, so appreciate having you on the show. You know I love you anyway from a personal, but now I know you're a badass as a female entrepreneur as well. So (laughs) thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you for having me, Lori. Thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave us a review or rating on your podcast player of choice. If you have a future female leader that you would like to hear on careering, please leave us her name and contact information at the link below. Thank you.